Do you own an annuity, either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. The Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers contains the little-known truths about annuities, like how to help reduce your fees and increase retirement income. And it's free. That's right, free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report just for calling. We researched over 1,000 annuities and summarized rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. You get annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and the annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling Annuity General today. Hurry, supplies are limited. Call now. 800-760-1845-800-760-1845-800-760-1845. That's 800-760-1845. They say it's in your blood, a game that can't be won, only played. A love affair that satisfies the soul and frustrates the intellect. The greatest game ever played. Golf. It's real. And this is Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper, son of legendary golfer Billy Casper. Talking golf with you for more than two decades. And now, here's Brian and Bob. Hey, welcome on into another edition of Real Golf Radio. I'm Brian Taylor alongside Bob Casper, son of Billy Casper, the winningest Ryder Cupper in U.S. Ryder Cup history. So he's got some things to say about these 44th matches, no question about it. We're going to be breaking it down. We'll evaluate the American team. We'll talk about the Europeans and what they did right and how the U.S. team can probably replicate some of those things, maybe. And is it just home court advantage, field advantage, course advantage, whatever you want to call it? And will it just be another lopsided effort for the United States at Beth Page in two years? Welcome into the show at Real Golf is where you can find us on Twitter. Search for us, Real Golf Radio, wherever your favorite podcasts are found. Catch us on Sirius XM 203 every Saturday morning from 8 to 10 Eastern. And of course, uh, you can uh, follow us on the Twitter feed at Real Golf. Let us know what you think and join the conversation there. Bob, let me just start here. It was a rough one. We talked about it last week, a tough start, but we held out some hope that just maybe the Americans could get themselves into a position they could make a run in Sunday singles. And while they made it interesting for a few hours, the cup never really seemed in jeopardy, did it? You know, it was about 45 minutes where it was kind of close and and guys um, weren't able to keep momentum going um, and flip some matches or uh, go ahead and some time tied matches. But you know what? It all was set up on Friday morning when uh, we went four down and got whitewashed in that Friday morning. And when those first session winners um, or or those first session guys go that far ahead, they go on to win 70% of the time. So um, having said that, you got to get out to a fast start. And the U.S. didn't. Is losing fun? No. What are you having fun for? That's what losing sounds like. I still hate losing. <laughs> I, it, it absolutely killed me uh, to watch that happen. And uh, I've got more questions than answers for you, Bob. I'm going to fire it up next. We're going to have Ryan Ballingy from GolfNewsNet.com. He was over there in Italy. We're also going to have America's favorite caddy stop by to join the conversation. So many things to answer. What went wrong and what can we do about it? We'll talk Ryder Cup next right here on Real Golf Radio. 
Are you looking to improve your baseball swing? You need the Rip Grip Pro. Co-created by Dodgers, AAA star Drew Avins, the Rip Grip Pro will help you stay palm up, palm down, and pull the barrel of the bat through the zone instead of pushing it. Check out Drew's videos at ripgrippro.com and you'll see how this can help you or the baseball player in your family improve your ABs. Get the adjustability in your swing that you need. Go to ripgrippro.com. That's ripgrippro.com. For nearly 10 years, Firehouse Subs guests have been asking for one thing. The return of the King's Hawaiian Pork and Slaw Sandwich. Ready for a return to flavor paradise? The beloved sandwich is back for a limited time. Featuring a blend of sweet, savory, and tangy flavors with irresistible King's Hawaiian bread, slow-smoked pulled pork, melted pepper jack cheese, and slaw, transport your taste buds to flavor paradise. It pairs perfectly with the new tropical cherry limeade with a pineapple flavor twist. Available in original sparkling zero sugar and sparkling zero sugar. A portion of every purchase of the King's Hawaiian pork and slaw will go to Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation's Hawaii Disaster Relief Fund to support relief and recovery efforts in Hawaii. Since 2005, the foundation has awarded more than $77 million to first responders and public safety organizations across the country. To learn more, visit your local Firehouse Subs or visit www.firehousesubs.com. Sponsored by Firehouse Subs. This is Ron Barr. Be sure to check out Sports Byline and the 8-Side Network's outstanding eight-part podcast series, Behind the Barrier, Voices from the Negro Leagues. Here, Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, and others share their stories of the Negro Leagues, the challenges that the players face, and the importance of Negro League baseball to the game's history. Behind the Barrier is available now on the iHeart Podcast Network and all podcast platforms, including Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Stitcher, and Pandora. Check out Behind the Barrier. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/byline and use code byline. That's code byline at prizepicks.com slash byline for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Now, back to Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. Welcome back. It's Real Golf Radio. Brian Taylor, Bob Casper with you talking 44th Ryder Cup. A massive convincing victory. 16.5, 11.5 for Team Europe. And I, I'm not even sure where to start on this, Bob. We had a parking lot gate. We had hat gate. We have pay gate. We, some of those are all intertwined. Uh, we've got, you know, the, the foursomes and how that got started off on Friday morning. We've got a lot of things, different stuff to talk about. 
What are, what's the biggest thing? I'm just going to open it up to you because, again, I know how much this means to you. Your dad, Billy Casper, a winning captain in 1979, winningest uh, Ryder Cupper in U.S. history. What, is this, what, what was your takeaway? What sits with you or doesn't sit well with you right now here a week later? Well, um, I think what doesn't sit well with me is a sense of urgency, especially in an away game. Mm. Um, and the urgency was definitely on the U.S. or the European side because they got off to a fast start. When you look at what I mean by that, is on hole number one, Europe won 11 times in the matches, and the U- U.S. only won four times. So out of 16 matches, the Europe's, Europeans won 11 times on hole number one. Okay? On hole number two, Europe won eight times, and the Euro- U.S. only won twice. And on hole number three, Europe won 10 times. And the U.S. only won six times. So when you when you combined all those, they were off to fast starts. And especially in a Ryder Cup, it's been proven the statistics are first hole winners go on to win 60% of the times in a match. And first session winners, as I said before, winners go on to win 70% of the time. Mm. So there was no sense of urgency, I don't think, in that morning first session. And because of that, we got four down right off the start. As we talked about last week, this is a big Monday morning quarterback event. Sure. Right? Everybody's sure. going to look back. Look, Luke Donald looks like he did everything perfectly. Zach Johnson looks like he messed everything up, uh, which we'll get into the captains a little bit later and how much of a can a captain affect the, the situation. But having said that, you're right. It, it, it Was it a sense of urgency? Was it rust? Was it the home field advantage, the crowd, yeah. or, you know, egging you on to the point where you just almost, they almost wheeled you into a, a win off that first tee versus the U.S. team. All I'll tell you, that I don't know the answers to that, and I want to talk about it. I got some thoughts on it, though. I've got an opinion on it. But, yeah. but what I can tell you is, is that the U.S. missed the first fairway in nearly every match. Yes. And they were left scrambling and grinding while the Europeans – Hit fairways and greens. And guess what? Yeah. When you hit it in the fairway and the other guy's scrambling and then you play first because he hit it longer but he's in the junk and you go ahead and knock it in the middle of the green, That's a, that, the, the amount of pressure that that ball in the middle of the green or right next to the flag, even more so, does to the next to your opponent is, is, is massive. And all too often what I saw going back to not winning the first hole was the American team failing to get the ball in position off the tee to be able mm-hmm. to put it in position on the green to allow themselves to putt. Now, in four ball, what did you see? You try to get two balls on the green. But if nothing else, you get one ball in there pretty good and the guy's freed up to chip it in. And guess what? They hold. How many did they hold, right? Yeah. I don't think that happens if the partner wasn't already in a position to be able to you know roll in a par at worst and maybe a birdie himself. So... All all I'll say on that is I can't chalk it up to not caring or not having a sense of urgency. Right. It's simply a matter of hitting golf shots. Is that an urgency thing? I don't think so. But I think that's more of a rust thing or a preparedness thing or or something. But they missed, and you're right. Once you see the blue, and I, you, you have talked about this, and go ahead and comment on this over the years, and your dad talked about it. Man, putting your color up on the board is such a motive. It's such a big part of uh, momentum 
and motivation for the players that are out on the golf course, the fans that are out on the golf course, when they start seeing their color up there on the board leading matches? Well, you know, a couple of things from what you just said. Um, The European players coming into the matches were in really good form, okay? Because two weeks prior, they played in the BMW DP World Tour event. 15, or all of them, played in it, okay? And every one of them finished in the top 15, okay? U.S. players took almost five weeks off, except for Max Homa, who was the top point earner for the United States at three and a half points, and Justin Thomas, who earned, what, a point and a half? Yeah. So um, those were... Those were kind of the top guys. Those guys had played a golf tournament within that, from the Tour Championship all the way to the Ryder Cup. So they they kept in a kind of a competitive nature. European players, competitive nature because they were playing two weeks prior to the Ryder Cup. Now, the other thing that frustrates me is these guys are the best players in the world. They are absolutely the best players in the world. And you look at you look at a guy like Max Homa, who didn't win a full point. First number one player in the world to not win a full well, point. Well, Scotty Scheffler, not Max Homa. I meant I that's what I meant. I, I meant Scotty Scheffler, yes. First number one player uh in the world to not win a full point. He won two half points. Okay. Um I I I, I don't understand because they are the best players in the world. All of them can't be having a bad week at one time. Um, and it's like you said, when you start seeing your color going up, that light blue um, or the red, um, then that helps with the momentum and that feeds what the players do um, in the golf tournament. But exactly what you said, you got to put the ball in play, especially with the way they set up the golf course. You had six feet wide of rough that was pretty deep. But then once you hit it outside of that, it was almost unplayable. Okay. So you have to put the ball in the fairway to be able to get it on the green. And Mm -hmm. you should be able to figure it out and do that because you are one of the best players in the world that's playing in this event. So setup is another thing. And we'll talk about that. Absolutely. We'll talk about setup. And that leads me into something that I want to ask Ryan Ballinger coming up next. And I want to bounce it off you and I want to bounce it off the caddy. Call me, call me crazy, but this is a thought I had. As you said, it's widely known that the Europeans set the golf course up to favor the European side uh, that hit it straighter than the American team, right? Even though if you look at the statistics, it's pretty darn close. If that's the case, should Team USA consider... No, no. Again, I'm going to work with me on this, okay? <laughs> supposedly, supposedly, like the 16th hole, for instance, was set up to be perfect driver for a lot of the Europeans, but right in between three wooden driver for the Americans. I don't know how they figure that out because yeah. a lot of the Europeans hit it as far as the Americans do, and not all the Americans are as long as the top American hitting players. But it just seems like it fit their game, and the, those, those Europeans were able to find the fairway and find the greens where the Americans were struggling all over the place. And that might just be a form issue. It might not have anything to do with this. But... My thought was, if that is such a big deal, as you pointed out, hitting the fairway, right. as I said, and winning the first, home as you, uh, first hole, as you said, is such an important piece, then why not assemble a group of players, which is their, spe- their specialty is doing just that? And, what, yeah. and my thought is, if they're going to set it up to favor a certain type of player, then maybe the U- U.S. team should assemble a team that fits that setup. So why not put together 
a road team that may be different than a home team. So I'm talking about maybe the top six guys are the same because they earned it and you want the top players right. in there. Right. But maybe right. it's more Lucas Glover and Brian Harmon. Less yep. well, Brian was already in, but yeah. He but, already made it. Yeah. But you know what I'm talking about? Like yeah. maybe it's some of the guys that are a little lesser known to maybe not as much star power, but by golly, they're gonna get out there and they're gonna knock it on the fairway and they're gonna hit the green and and keep the pressure on and allow the star free the stars up to do what the stars do. Yeah. I mean, is you know, there some it, merit to that? I mean, assembling it a little bit different team? Be. There could be. Absolutely. You know, um, talking about the 16th hole, what really frustrated me on the 16th hole, especially in the singles matches, okay? The top one, the first one I think about is Max Homa on the mm. 16th hole. The guy that he's playing with hits it in the water on oh, 16. Fitzpatrick, right? Yeah. Fitzpatrick hits it in the water, Okay. Then Max Holm is already one up, going to 16. Okay? You could lay now up. Now what does he do? Now what do you do? You put the ball in the fairway, hit it on the green in two, and make a par, and you win another hole. Now you're two up, going to 17, and you close it out on the 17th hole. Instead, he tried to hit it on the green and hit it in the water, too. That was a killer. And, on, and only tied the hole. And then it comes down to the final hole, and he has to make that big, long putt. And he After did, by the way. taking the unplayable eye. Well, and we, he did. But we'll talk he about did. that. But, he but still won. But, let me, but to your point, Bob, what if he had closed it out right there and he was able to fist pump and all of a sudden that red uh, uh, flag exactly. went up on the board? What might, How might that have affected the matches that were still in progress? Exactly. Instead 100%. of extending the matches an extra half an hour and yep. stringing that along for a half a point, yep. you know, for, to yep. win that you know, point at that point in time. So, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I was frustrated watching that. I was really frustrated. Yeah. It almost made it it almost made it for me not wanting to watch the rest of the matches seeing what the guys were doing. Mm. It was tough. Ryan Ballinger was there. He'll join us coming up next. Anxious to get his thoughts. There's so many things still to talk to talk about and to unpack. We'll do it as we continue. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who've helped people that have been injured or wronged. If you've had a revision or removal surgery of a hernia mesh implant after 2008, pay close attention to this message. Hernia mesh manufacturers have recalled some of the mesh material that may have been used in your surgery due to high failure rate. The FDA has even blamed the recalled mesh material for some of the worst of the health issues reported by doctors and patients. If you've had two or more hernia surgeries for the same issue and you're having severe complications, call the legal helpline now. You could receive a free cash award and have your medical expenses covered. And there's no upfront cost to you. They only get paid if you win. So please call now. 800-817-2968-800-817-2968-800-817-2968. That's 800-817-2968. If you're moving to another state, you're getting a fresh start in a brand new town. And when you choose a moving company to help get your valuable possessions to that new home of yours, you want somebody that's going to take care of your things like you would. That's why you need to call Colonial Van Lines. They're America's number one moving company for a reason. Because they'll take care of your things like they would their possessions. They'll use caution so nothing gets damaged. And they won't treat you like a number, they'll treat you like a friend. And when you call now on a qualified move across state lines, 
they'll give you a $250 discount. Move your things the right way. Call Colonial Van Lines now for a free quote. Call now to learn more about this special $250 long-distance move discount. 800-847-0225. 800-847-0225. That's 800-847-0225. If you're struggling to keep up with conversations, avoiding restaurants because you can't understand the waiter, If you've got the TV volume way, way up, then you really need these. These tiny but powerful little hearing aids are the Nano CIC Rechargeable. Priced at only $297 for a full pair. And no, these are not simply amplifiers. These are ultra-high quality, ultra-reliable hearing aids, priced thousands less than other hearing aids. They fit right in your ear. Nothing shows on the back of your ear. And at only $297 for a full pair. When you order today, Nano will give you a 45-day money-back guarantee. Order right now and Nano will give you a free portable charging case and even ship them to you for free. Here's the number. Call now. 800-278-1738-800-278-1738-800-278-1738. That's 800-278-1738. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Talking golf with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. One day you'll get it. Here's Brian and Bob. Welcome back. It's Real Golf Radio. Brian and Bob with you. And really excited to welcome our next guest who has returned for us. The international man of mystery over covering the both Solheim and Ryder Cups. Going from Spain to Rome. And you know what? Some, somebody's got to do it, right? Ryan Balangie from GolfNewsNet.com. Joining us right here, right? I can only imagine it was somewhat of a trip of a lifetime. Yeah, I, that, that was the, the perfect way to classify it, uh, to do those two team events and then a little stop over in Munich for Oktoberfest. That's, uh, that's about as good as it's going to get. <laughs> well, congratulations. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> now, you ha- now you don't have to do it for another four years. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Although I probably will try to find my way to Montreal next year for the uh, the President's Cup because Montreal is too good to pass up. But we'll yeah. talk about that later. We'll talk about that, and, and we'll probably be there as well because, as you know, it's sort of a, a can't-lose situation for us as we'd like to root for our American team. But also our, our good buddy and neighbor Mike Weir will be captaining the internationals. So um, going uh, oh, to be hoping for a good outing for Weirzy and the bunch. Yeah, and that's been a competition that's been inching closer and closer from that kind of nadir in 2017. So hopefully it'll be entertaining for the Canadian fans. And Royal Montreal's a great club, and Montreal's a great city. So it, it should be a great President's Cup. All right, before we get too far down the road, your what is your takeaway? I, this is the way I started the show with Bob, because there's so many things to unpack. But a week later, what is still not sitting well with you, or what are you still thinking about as you look back at those 44th matches? I think a couple of things. One, that the Americans didn't prepare for the reality of how the Europeans set up the golf course, especially the first five holes. They were draw holes where a team likes to hit cuts, and nobody seemed prepared for that in any of the matches. And the Europeans got up early and often, and then they crushed the Americans. And it wasn't until the sixth hole that the Americans really had a hole that suited them, maybe the fifth hole, 
but that really suited them, gave them a good chance to win an advantage over the Europeans. So I thought that was a very smart setup on the part of Team Europe. And the other thing, I think it just comes down to the thing I think Europe does better than the American side is make all, all 12, 1 to 12, feel closer to equal in terms of their capability, their talent, the trust that everyone has in each of each other compared to the American side. And I think there was no better evidence of that than Bob McIntyre going out there with Justin freaking Rose and getting that vote of confidence for one and then parlaying it into an undefeated record when he wasn't even close to the bottom third of players in that, that field. And yet he still found a way not to lose. And I, I think their ability to lift each other up for three days and make them feel like one and the same is just brilliant. You know, it's kind of interesting that you said that because, you know, we saw John Rom go out in that first day and he was with Terrell Hatton. Um, and we saw Rory McElroy go out and you're thinking that these are uh, in, you know, in that last match. Um, and you're thinking that these are the teams that you're going to see a lot. And then all of a sudden, it's like they put them into a blend master or a mix master and everybody was playing with a totally different person the next time. It 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 there's it didn't seem like there was any continuity to it, but by what you were saying, what you just said, is that it allows it allows Team Europe to make all those guys kind of feel like they're equal, and that it's not set in stone what's going to happen. Yeah, and I think they they come up with pairings not based on the buddy system. They come up with pairings. Well, it could be the buddy system, but it could be personality type. It could be complementary game. It could be exactly the same game. It, it, they just pour through the numbers and they find combinations that seem to work and fit the golf course. And then they play them with confidence. And fortunately, it worked out for Luke Donald that they swept the, the first session of it in alternate shot. He didn't have to make a change there. The next day, he went exactly with the same group. And then in, in the afternoon with the, the better ball format, he went with a different set of, of players and a different yeah. set of pairings. And he didn't really deviate much in the afternoon on Saturday, a little bit, but he, he figured out something that worked and he didn't mess with pressing the buttons. He pressed the first button. That was the right button. He didn't need to press another button. Alternatively, Zach Johnson didn't find answers in either of the first two sessions on Friday. And he didn't really change too much up on Saturday until it was too late. And then, when he went out there and decided, you know what, I'm going to throw Colin Morikawa out there with Sam Burns in best ball. And you go, well, where did that come from? And then they won easily. You go, well, that's where that came from. Why didn't we do this sooner and get maybe get something that would have changed the result by a point or two? I mean, it didn't need to be that much to give them a chance going into Sunday singles. They just had to get to the Medina line or the Brookline line, get to 10-6, and they couldn't win Saturday. That's all they needed. I mean, that's not all. That's not all but get four and a half points on Saturday. At least you give yourself a shot and they couldn't get there. And at that point that, that was probably too much. Ryan Balanchy, golfnewsnet.com joining us. So you brought up the same thing that Bob brought up when I asked him what he was sitting is like the preparation and not winning early. So my question is, is where did that come from? And And is any of that on the captain? Because you mentioned Luke Donald and he found something and Zach didn't. But is it just a, a case where the the winning captain, the players make them look good, and the losing team makes their captain look bad? Or is there more to it than that in your mind? 
I mean, I think there's a little more to it than that. But Luke Donald certainly had an easier job. I mean, his guys were making everything they looked at on and off the green. I mean, that's kind of hard to lose match play-wise when your guys do that. And on the American side, Zach's going to take a lot of guff for the next year or two, whatever. It really wasn't his fault. I mean, if if you look at the performance of his team, the six automatic qualifiers and the six captain picks, they stunk. And that's okay. That happens. It's not Zach Johnson's fault that his guys didn't come to play. There are other factors that lead into that. One, you got to take some individual responsibility, right? If, if you're trying to win as a team, maybe don't take five weeks off, most of you. When the guys right. that showed up, Justin Thomas played Fortinet kind of as a make good, and Max Homa played Fortinet because he's a two-time defending champion. Justin Thomas wasn't great. He was kind of hampered by Jordan Spieth, who basically was the, the arm type behind his back. But Max Homa was brilliant. He played yeah. some golf leading into it. So taking five weeks off between it before a team competition, when the other team just played two huge events for their tour, is a bad idea. And I don't think Zach deserves probably as much criticism as he got. I know he's not particularly charismatic. I know he didn't say anything really fiery or controversial. That's not his job. His job is to try to put together the best American team he can and put out the best product possible. But if no one's helping on the other side by actually playing good golf to their talent level, there's really nothing he could have done. Mm. Well, and, and I was saying this to Brian last segment too. These guys are the freaking best players in the world. You got the world number one, okay? World number one, who mm-hmm. for the first time ever in history, did not win a full point guys guys came and they you know all 12 of those guys aren't going to show up and they aren't going to all play bad all at once so so unless they're not playing some person what unless they're not playing leading unless they're not playing yeah right and and you got to take some like you said personal responsibility for that because you weren't prepared and you weren't ready. One trip over there to look at the golf course and play it one day or two days or whatever does not constitute being ready to play in a Ryder Cup. Yeah, and nobody's going to do that going into a major championship. You're not going to see no. that, right? Yeah, so obviously right. when you say, do the Americans, Americans don't care about this as much as the Europeans, I don't, I, I've stopped that. I don't believe that narrative unless you say, they didn't play five weeks before. So if they cared, they would have played five weeks before. There is some data there. There is That is actionable fact to make that point that maybe they don't care as much. But, hey, Ryan Ballinger joining us. Before we run out of time, right, there was some controversy that went on. Patrick Cantley was involved. Xander Schauffele since then. Is, there's been some things coming out about his dad and, you know, that, that he wasn't going to sign a contract, that, he, that they feel like they should get paid, and he was maybe not wearing a hat to protest and all that went on in the parking lot with Rory McIlroy and Joe LaCava on the 18th grade. Can give us being there. How, how how much was the crowd aware of all that, and, and and what do you take from that? What what do we actually know right now, and what are you led to believe? It all kind of spread like wildfire. I mean, it didn't take very long for Jamie Weir, Sky Sports, tweet to, to reach the masses. I mean, everyone was kind of looking at their phones trying to figure out where matches were. I mean, it's not that hard to find tweets either. So it, it caught on very, very quickly. And kudos to Patrick Cantlay, someone I, I personally am not a big fan of, but he, he took it very well, took it in stride. So Lacavo, on the other hand, not so much. But I, I think there is this kind of bubbling under the surface notion on the American side of, of being paid to play. And you don't hear it on the European side because they know how much the Ryder Cup means to funding 
the DP World Tour. I mean, the, this right. this last week will keep the DP World Tour alive for four years. That's how important it is to them functionally. So they don't ever complain about money because they know what it means. The other side doesn't feel that way. They don't see a p- tangible benefit from the PGA of America. And the 20% of the proceeds that the PGA of America gets that goes to the PGA Tour Retirement Fund, the players go, well, we, we earned that. Why are we getting that cut? Well, why are 200 guys getting the benefit of that? And I think that's misguided. I think that's misplaced. I understand why you want to compensate. I understand why they think that way. And that could all possibly change if the Saudi stuff goes through because then the Saudis and the PGA Tour will own a significant piece of the Ryder Cup through the DP World Tour. But to just kind of let this bubble up to the surface just weeks before this competition was a, a big mistake, I think, on the part of the Shoffley camp and the Cantlay camp. And yeah, maybe the hat thing had nothing to do with it. Maybe Patrick Cantley just didn't want to have a hat tan for his wedding in, in the, the following Monday. And that's totally fine. But it comes down to their perceived value of what they mean specifically to the Ryder Cup is way higher than what it actually is. And that's going to lead to a lot of public backlash. And I, I don't think ultimately they come out ahead in this. So is there something to that story? Does it have legs? Is are do oh, these yeah. guys these guys want to be paid? Is that an issue? And I don't think all of them want to. I think if you if you pull the Justin Thomas's and Jordan Spieth's, Scotty Scheffler's, the guys that made thirty forty million dollars last year, they couldn't care less. That that doesn't mean anything to them. But I, I think for the guys who see their success as somewhat fleeting or somewhat flimsier, not flimsy, but flimsier than the rock solid stars, the guys who have won majors and FedEx cups and stuff like that. And Patrick Kelly has, by the way. But I think those guys who are, are not as motivated by cash as for whatever reason, Shoffley and Cantlay are, who care very much how they are compensated for every single thing that they do. Is it fair for them to think that way, given the fact that it's such a lucrative event and they're the main actors in it? Absolutely. I, I, I understand where they're coming from. This thing makes a tremendous amount of money, and that goes to the PGA of America. But then to go and say, well, we, we may not play in this thing you know, three, four weeks out because you won't open your books for us. By the way, the PGA of America is a nonprofit. You can find their stuff online. Or the, to say, okay, well, we're going to make some demands because we're Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantlay. I, I, I don't think that accommodation has to exist for those two specifically. Let me put it that way. Mm. But I do think there is an argument to be made for compensation for the players if you don't understand that if you compensate the European players just the same as the Americans, then the DP World Tour dies. So yeah. if you're interested in that, by all means, keep pursuing it. But if you really yeah. care about the global health of the game and what this thing means to the European side, you drop it now and just let it, let it go on. Well, this is kind of rinse and repeat because this has happened before when guys have said that they wanted – to be compensated. So it's coming back around in, in, in first cir- full circle again. And yeah. because that, because of that, Europe doesn't get anything. Uh, the players don't get anything because like you said, they realize that it's going to the DP world tour and helping their tour be sustainable for the next four years. The U S side, every time they have a matches, every player on the squad gets a $200,000 benefit for a charity that they want to put it towards. Okay. So actually in actuality, they are getting some compensation, even though it doesn't go into their pocket, they are getting some compensation that they can use towards charity and as a write-off. So in actuality, it does go into their pocket. So I, I, 
wow, I just, I don't understand. I don't know. I don't know how that can be such of a big deal when they know going in that that's what they're getting anyway. I mean, they, they are going to play on a schedule next year where they're basically playing for a half a billion dollars in prize money. Right. And they can choose to play all, however often they want, but if they just play kind of the core events, the fit, the, the 20 kind of core events that pretty much top players play, they're going to compete for somewhere in the area of a, a quarter of a billion dollars of total prize money. And if they did everything right, they would, and they swept it all, they'd make like $85 million. Like there's a lot of money on the table. And I, I think you're not going to get a lot of sympathy to those guys for asking them every two years to play three days. And in exchange, you get treated like royalty, flown around in private jets, get all kinds of suits and watches and cool gifts and things. And Oh, by the way, $200,000 to the charitable organization, of your choice, which could just be a five hundred one C three. You start yourself and, and start doing your own charitable work through that. Yeah. The human, the human Stewart did with those. Right. Exactly. You, you, there are lots of ways to funnel that money that effectively kind of comes back to you. So exactly. I don't understand why this was such a big deal other than there was some disdain there for the PGA of America's execs who, do get some of their significant salary based off of this. And they will, and the Shoffleys and the Cantlay camps and went, they're making money off of us and it should be the other way around and we're going to make it a pain for them. And I, I don't understand the motivation mm. behind that. So even though maybe it's justified given the amount of money that they could be, could or should be compensated in your mind, uh, do you feel like the players should pursue something like this or should it be an honor to play in the Ryder Cup, I'll ask both of you this question. Should it just be yeah. an honor? I, I know what Bob's going to say, and I know what his dad would say, and I know what the Europeans are going to say, even though there's, you know, everybody benefits in some way or another, but do you think they should play for the honor of it? I guess I would leave it at ask the Europeans why they don't care about the money. And if you have that conversation, don't go to the PGA of America and go, we demand to see your books and where your money goes. That the PGA of America's 29,000 representatives have enough of an issue with their own leadership about that kind of stuff. That stuff's been going on forever. Those questions have been raised. But if you go and ask the DP World Tour side, the 12 players on their team, why they don't care about the money, and you had that conversation with them, if you were Cantlay and Play, I think you'd probably drop the matter because you'd understand that it's way bigger than to them than just getting paid for being there for three days. It's a whole yeah. lot bigger than that. And I, I think that's where it would stop. Mm. Is uh, last question for you, right? Is there something broken here that needs to be fixed, or is this simply gotten to the point where it's just so much of an advantage to play in front of your home crowd that every home team's going to win here here on out? Yeah, I mean, I think we I think we have come to realize that home field advantage is worth two to three points in this thing, mm. and that's not two to three points only that's double it because that's two points or three points. The other side's not getting. So really it's worth four to six. So for you to win on the road, because we've had five straight blowouts that should have had a six with Medina to be truthful. So yeah. if that's the way that it is, then to overcome that your visiting team has to be incredibly brilliant or your home side has to be a massive failure. And we really haven't had that in the last decade and a half of this competition, save for Medina in 2012 and that doesn't mean that it's broken it just means that the world talent level is so good right now Mm. but also 
that the home field advantage is so significant that it's going to take a whole heck of a lot to overcome that that home course advantage, even though the parity level has never been closer in this type of, in this competition. Well, there's still so much to unpack, still so many questions. By the way, is it Tiger and Beth Page? I hope so. I yeah. hope they give it to him for four years and he agrees to do it. But yeah, um, exactly. Give it, give it to him for as long as he wants it to be truthful. The the, the task force thing is run its course. The good the boys network of all the same rotating group of vice captains and captains that's run its course. Time to give it to Tiger. Let's see what he can do. Mm. Yeah. I don't know who else it would be, quite honestly. Stuart Sink? Yeah. Probably. No. Yeah, right. So it's got to be Tiger. So, Hey, Ryan, thanks for your time, man. We went a little long, but always great to visit with you. Congrats on a great trip over there, and uh, thanks for all you're doing on GNN Radio and having us a part of that, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. There you go, Ryan Balanchy, golfnewsnet.com, GNN Radio. Check it out on iHeartRadio, and uh, always appreciate Ryan spending some time with us here on the show. Stay tuned. We'll wrap up hour number one next here on Real Golf Radio. Everyone expects distance from their driver. We're shifting the paradigm to deliver far more than that. We constructed the first ever 360 carbon chassis. It's 44% lighter than titanium, shifting weight to actively enhance both distance and forgiveness. Now you get 15% tighter downrange dispersion in our longest driver ever. This is the new paradigm in performance from Callaway, the kings of distance. We all love heading to St. George for year-round fun, especially golf. But where to stay is always a challenge, and getting a tee time can be tough. What's been missing is a Scottsdale-style golf resort where you can stay and play and own your own residence. That's why we're building Black Desert Resort at Entrada, offering exceptional amenities from a spa, world-class dining and shopping, water park, and a Tom Weiskopf championship golf course. It's literally an outdoor paradise. Find out about exclusive real estate opportunities available now at blackdesertresort.com. This is not about splitting hairs. It's more precise than that. It's knowing to one one thousandth of an inch that every layer of every Chrome Soft is manufactured precisely, which we confirm with proprietary 3D X-ray. Precision technology is not an industry standard, but it is ours. You can hope your ball performs consistently, or you can know it will with precision technology. Chrome Soft, better for the best, better for everyone. There are currently 2 million American spouses and children whose family member was killed or disabled in defense of our country, which is why I founded the Folds of Honor, providing educational scholarships to the families of 1% of the Americans who protect our freedom. Thank you for supporting the Folds of Honor. Thank you for supporting the Folds of Honor. Please join our squadron today. Your $13 a month speaks volumes and changes lives forever. It looks like a blade. It feels like a blade, but it performs unlike any other. The new Odyssey Tri-Hot 5K is a radical departure from traditional thinking. With multi-material construction, a shallow CG, and MOI over 5,000, we've actually made the blade forgiving. The days of sacrificing performance for looks and feel just ended. The new Tri-Hot 5K, it's a blade unlike any other. From Odyssey, the number one putter on tour. Sometimes, less is more. Like creating a revolutionary new raw face to maximize spin in every possible condition. But other times, more is more. Like taking the most aggressive groove in golf and adding even more advanced wedge technology. Like optimized tungsten weighting. 
It takes true innovation to deliver pure spin in its rawest form. The new Jaws Raw from Callaway. to Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. Welcome back. It's Real Golf Radio. Thanks to Ryan Ballinger for joining us. If you missed the conversation, go and follow us on Twitter at Real Golf. We'll post it there. Or simply search for your favorite podcast or found. Just type in Real Golf Radio uh, or Golf Radio and you should be able to find us and Listen to us at your convenience. By the way, this segment is brought to you in part by Black Desert Resort in St. George, Utah. Black Desert Resort featuring a new Tom Weiskopf championship design layout. And it's uh, Tom's final design. Unfortunately, we lost Tom to pancreatic cancer. Uh, just a, a legend. It's great to see that he's in the Hall of Fame. And this is a real tribute to Tom because it was his 73rd design and he won the Open in 1973. Uh, Black Desert will feature Club 73, where it will be the you know pro shop, hangout area, clubhouse, uh, really cool uh, vibe and, and hangout. He gave us, uh, I think, the last clubs he used to win a senior major. Those will be on display and many other tributes. And just a real treat to play the golf course, some tremendous real estate opportunities around, and, of course, two uh, tour events coming, the PGA and the LPGA Tour, beginning a year from now. If you're interested and you want to learn more, go to blackdesertresort.com, where you can book a tee time and inquire about real estate opportunities blackdesertresort.com and again thank you again for joining us here on the back nine the caddy's going to stop by we'll ask him some questions i wanted to just piggyback off of that last thing bob because i'm not yeah. pretty sure i know your answer but do these should these guys play for the honor of it even though they're going to get the two hundred thousand, even though they're going to get manufacturing bonus uh, bonuses even though they're going to increase their marketability even though they have the i mean for all the stuff that goes along that there are some financial benefits whether it's direct or indirect should they be playing for the honor of it or should money be involved is this something they should be negotiating and even if they should is this something you should bring up the week of the Ryder cup well you know and that's kind of interesting that you come out with that because I can remember hearing the stories from my mom and dad, from Dave Stockton, um, from some of the other guys uh, that had played on the Ryder Cup team, and the honor that it has been and will always be to play for your country. Um, as I've told, I've told this story before. Uh, I don't know if it was when my dad was captaining in the team or if it was earlier on, but Stockton was on a team with my dad. He was he was holding one of my little brothers and sisters that was there with my mom and dad. And they're standing there in the opening ceremonies when the flags are going up and they're playing, um, you know, the the European unions or, or the or the European or great GB and I's um, song. And then they go into the national anthem for the United States and everybody on the U.S. side is not worried about being paid. They're crying. They're emotional because they're representing their country. Okay? It meant something to them. Um, maybe it's that they're making too much money now. Um, maybe it's that they continue to want to build their brand and feel like that they should be paid for their brand and everything that goes along with it. But... I think they've lost sight of what this actually really is. And yes, I understand that the PGA of America is making a bunch of money, but they've lost sight of what this is as, as the Ryder Cup and 
what it means to the Europeans and the European Union and what it should mean to the United States and the United States players. And along that, well said, Bob, but along with that, uh, I think it was Adam Scott that threw out that this is this is what the fans, this makes it pure sport and that the fans. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, this it makes them enjoy it more because it's not necessarily a paid. So would would they would we enjoy it more if the players were making a million bucks each for this thing? I, I don't know. Maybe, I don't think so. I don't think I don't know that. Maybe it would. Maybe it wouldn't. But it just has a different feel, doesn't it? Yes, yes, it it really does, and uh, and it's unfortunate because I've seen it with my experience with my dad and my family and what it meant to them. You know, um, guys. Guys played their hearts out to get on that Ryder Cup team, to have a chance to play in the Ryder Cup. And the only way you accrued points were top 10 finishes. Okay, guys played their hearts out to get on that team. And there were no captain's picks. You had to play well to make it. I remember my dad winning at the Western Open to make the team. He had to win to make the team, and he won to make it for the eighth time. Mm. And then he's favored with an opportunity. He didn't win a PGA championship, but he won three majors and he was favored with the opportunity to be a Ryder Cup captain in 1979. And that was the first year that they played uh, as a, against a European squad. And your dad was victorious. I think when it yes. means that much, it trickles down through the entire team. And yep. I think, you know, like McGinley said all week, they get to the heart and it's somehow if they can get to the heart, they're, able to in, elevate their play and play even better than than maybe what they thought they could do. Well, it's an interesting one for sure. We got to take a break. We'll come back, wrap it up next. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-390-5160. 800-390-5160. 800-390-5160. That's 800-390-5160. If you're taking a calcium supplement, it's probably not doing what you think it is. That's because you still lose bone density with traditional calcium supplements. That's where calcium from algae comes in. Algae Cal Plus doesn't just stop bone loss. It's the only supplement ever shown to increase bone density in clinical studies. That's right. Algae Cal Plus increases bone density, even if you're in your 80s. That's because your bones need more than just calcium and vitamin D to stay strong. There are actually 13 minerals and 3 vitamins needed to build healthy new bone. And Algae Cal Plus contains all of them, and it's proudly made in the USA. Your calcium doesn't increase bone density. Algae Cal Plus does. Talk to one of our bone health consultants today and see how Algae Cal Plus can start increasing your bone density. Call now. 800-437-8217. 800-437-8217. 800-437-8217. 
That's 800-437-8217. Has someone in your family lost a job recently and now you can't afford your mortgage payment? Or do you have a rental property and your tenants aren't paying you? Quick Cash Offer can come to the rescue and pay you cash for your home immediately. Yes, sell your home and get cash all over the phone without dealing with real estate agents and risking your safety by showing your home to lukewarm buyers. You don't need to lose your home to foreclosure. If you have any equity in your home, we will buy it and give you cash within days, all in a simple over-the-phone and virtual process. Call Quick Cash Offer now before the economy gets worse. Sell a home you can't afford or just don't want to get the cash you need today. 800-788-1495 That's 800-788-1495 You're listening to Real Golf Radio Talking golf with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. One day you'll get it. Here's Brian and Bob. Thanks again for joining us here on Real Golf Radio, looking back at the 44th Ryder Cup. I know we're ranting a little bit, but we're going to do that because it means something to us, going off of what Bob just talked about. Absolutely. Right there. And, you know, I can't quit thinking about how the Euros are just better prepared, seemingly, for these matches. The captains and players all talked about how they do it just a little bit differently this week compared to the Americans, who seem to want it to be done as closely as possible to a normal week in which they are accustomed. Is there something to that? Again, we used to be raw, raw, emotional, all that kind of stuff. Europe has stayed there. U.S. has drifted away from that. Back and forth. Because they're saying, again, let the let everybody be individuals. That's how we do it and play our best week in, week out. But is there something about coming together, at least on the road? I don't know. It's interesting. We'll talk about it coming up in on the back nine, hour number two of Real Golf Radio. Again, thanks to Ryan Ballinger. Coming up next, the caddy will join us. And there's some strategy to talk about with the caddy. There's also the press conferences to go through and some of the comments from the players as they got asked repeatedly about Hatgate. We'll continue to jump into that now. And was Joe LaCava off base? Was he out of line with what he did? I'm anxious to get yours and the caddy's thoughts on that. We'll talk about it as we continue here on the Back Nine next here of Real Golf Radio. Hi, this is Rick Tittle. Make sure to tune into my show, Titillating Sports, every Monday through Friday. And it'll be three hours from 9 to noon on the West Coast, noon to 3 on the East. Once again, check me out, Titillating Sports, every weekday on Sports Byline. You're listening to the Sports Byline USA Broadcast Network. USA News, I'm Jeremy Scott. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says the country is at war with Hamas and the enemy will pay a price it has never known before. After today's surprise attack from the militant group that authorities say left at least 40 people dead and hundreds more injured. Israel has declared a state of alert for war in southern Israel, where rockets were fired from the Gaza Strip this morning. Palestinian militants have also crossed into Israel, and Israel media have reported gun battles between Palestinian fighters and security forces. 
Hamas claims it has captured Israeli soldiers near the Gaza border. Dave Collins reporting the White House National Security Council says the United States unequivocally condemns the unprovoked attacks by Hamas terrorists against Israeli citizens. Kevin McCarthy says he will not resign from Congress after some news outlets speculated that the California Republican was planning to step down following his removal as House Speaker. McCarthy says he intends to serve until the end of next year and run for re-election. He also emphasized his aim to assist Republicans in growing their majority in the chamber. Conservative leaders have signed a letter endorsing Representative Jim Jordan of Ohio to become the next House Speaker, citing his consistent conservative record. Jordan and House Majority Leader Steve Scalise are the top two contenders for the next House Speaker. The White House is taking an interest in what's going on in the U.S. House. President Biden is weighing in on the upcoming Speaker of the House election. Whomever the House Speakers I'm going to try to work with, they control half the, half the Congress. And I'm going to try to work with them. Speaking from the White House, he urged Congress to swiftly return to work to secure funding for the government and prevent a shutdown. Congress must pass funding legislation by mid-November. The House is in recess until a new speaker is elected with the election slated for Wednesday. I'm John Schaefer. This is USA News. Attention timeshare owners. Tired of the financial stress? Were you misled by the salesperson? Don't or can't use your timeshare anymore? If any of these apply to you, then you may qualify for timeshare cancellation and get the relief you need now. Timeshare Defense Attorneys is the number one affordable fixed fee legal solution in the country with an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. That's certainly better than my grades. They even offer a 100% client satisfaction guarantee. Let one of their experienced lawyers evaluate your case and explain the process. If they take you as a client, they'll work on your case until it's resolved in your favor. Guaranteed. Expect great service and a close working relationship with your lawyer, keeping you informed every step of the way. Protecting your rights, interests, and even your credit. It's that simple. Even a kid like me could understand it. The consultation is free. Call today. 800-875-1853. 800-875-1853. That's 800-875-1853. The largest healthcare strike in U.S. history ends without a contract deal. Kaiser Permanente employees return to work this morning at hospitals in California, Colorado, Oregon, and Washington. A Kaiser spokesperson has confirmed that another bargaining session will be held next week. A union representative says the two sides remain far apart on the issue of wages. Kaiser employees are seeking annual pay increases and higher staffing levels. Employment is way up in the U.S. The Department of Labor says a total non-farm payroll employment rose by 336,000 in September. The unemployment rate, though, was unchanged at 3.8%. One thing almost all market watchers agree on is that the better the job growth is, the more likely it is that the Federal Reserve will consider hiking interest rates come November. I'm Corey Myers. The fraud trial of a former crypto king has wrapped up its first week in a Manhattan federal court. FTX co-founder and one-time crypto billionaire Sam Bankman-Fried faces multiple charges of money laundering and fraud. Prosecutors say Bankman-Fried defrauded customers of his digital currency exchange, FTX, and his cryptocurrency hedge fund. If found guilty, the 31-year-old faces over 100 years in federal prison. Authorities make a gruesome discovery at a funeral home in a small Colorado town. At least 115 decaying bodies were found after a foul smell was reported. The funeral home is under investigation as officials work to identify the bodies and notify families. I'm Jeremy Scott, USA News.
This is Ron Barr. Be sure to check out Sports Byline and the 8Side Network's outstanding eight-part podcast series, Behind the Barrier, Voices from the Negro Leagues. Here, Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, and others share their stories of the Negro Leagues, the challenges that the players face, and the importance of Negro League baseball to the game's history. Behind the Barrier is available now on the iHeart Podcast Network and all podcast platforms, including Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Stitcher, and Pandora. Check out Behind the Barrier. Do you own an annuity, either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. The Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers contains the little-known truths about annuities, like how to help reduce your fees and increase retirement income. And it's free. That's right, free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report just for calling. We researched over 1,000 annuities and summarized rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. You get annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and the annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling Annuity General today. Hurry, supplies are limited. Call now. 800-760-1845-800-760-1845-800-760-1845. That's 800-760-1845. Well, we have nine more holes to go, so how about you two fellas follow me to the 10th tee? On to the back nine, hour number two of Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper, son of Hall of Famer Billy Casper. Two players down the middle on the 10th hole. Here's Brian and Bob. Well, thank you very much and welcome into the back nine. It's hour number two of Real Golf Radio. I'm Brian Taylor. He's Bob Casper. His father, you've heard of him, Hall of Famer Billy Casper. 1979 winning Ryder Cup captain. The most points earned by an American in the Ryder Cup. So obviously this event runs deep in his uh, blood and didn't sit too well what we witnessed (laughs) over there in Rome. (laughs) To say the least. Yeah. (laughs) After the first day, after the morning session, losing 4-0... to I really didn't want to watch any more of it the rest of the weekend. <laughs> Is there an event that we take more personally in a loss, Bob? Not in as, golf. As fans. Yeah, in golf. As fans. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Not in golf and as fans. But this is this is golf. This is this is not only playing yourself, your team and your country, but if you put it in other aspects of like sport this is your football team this is your home football team Mm -hmm. this is your 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 basketball team this is your olympic team and basketball and sports and everything it stirs up all those types of emotions but it's in the game of golf and which makes it so great so cool about it yeah Absolutely. Yeah. And I just got chills making that statement. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. When I look back on the times that I've gotten emotional watching golf, I think about people that we know. Yeah. That we're close with, that we're friends, and whether they won or whether they lost. I mean, we'll never forget watching Mike Weir win the Masters, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, we'll never forget and Kenny, watching. And Kenny Perry losing the Masters. I was right on that. That's exactly. You took the words out of my mouth. So <laughs> it's those kinds of things that stir up because you have an emotional connection. Well, guess what? Not a, every, There's a lot of people that know players on the PGA Tour. That happens so rarely. But every two years, all of golf fans are united one way or another. And in some sense, every year for the Americans with international play, whether it's a President's or Ryder Cup, it's, it, it's a cause for you know, coming together to root for your team. Right. Right. So thankfully we only have to wait, you know, we get it every single fall, but man, that's what means so much. President's cup isn't on the same level. It doesn't matter. You still want your team to win. You still have those same feelings because it's your team. And I think that's what the players need to realize is that it has real effects. Bummed. I'm still bummed. We're going to get into it next. Caddy will join us. Stay tuned. This is Real Golf Radio. Are you looking to improve your baseball swing? You need the Rip Grip Pro. Co-created by Dodgers AAA star Drew Avins, the Rip Grip Pro will help you stay palm up, palm down, and pull the barrel of the bat through the zone instead of pushing it. Check out Drew's videos at ripgrippro.com and you'll see how this can help you or the baseball player in your family improve your ABs. Get the adjustability in your swing that you need. Go to RipGripPro.com. That's RipGripPro.com. For nearly 10 years, Firehouse Subs guests have been asking for one thing. The return of the King's Hawaiian Pork and Slaw Sandwich. Ready for a return to flavor paradise? The beloved sandwich is back for a limited time. Featuring a blend of sweet, savory, and tangy flavors with irresistible King's Hawaiian bread, slow-smoked gold pork, melted pepper jack cheese, and slaw, transport your taste buds to flavor paradise. It pairs perfectly with the new tropical cherry limeade with a pineapple flavor twist. Available in original sparkling zero sugar and sparkling zero sugar. A portion of every purchase of the King's Hawaiian pork and slaw will go to Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation's Hawaii Disaster Relief Fund to support relief and recovery efforts in Hawaii. Since 2005, the foundation has awarded more than $77 million to first responders and public safety organizations across the country. To learn more, visit your local Firehouse Subs or visit www.firehousesubs.com. Sponsored by Firehouse Subs. This is Ron Barr. Be sure to check out Sports Byline and the 8Side Network's outstanding eight-part podcast series, Behind the Barrier, Voices from the Negro Leagues. Here, Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, and others share their stories of the Negro Leagues, the challenges that the players face, and the importance of Negro League baseball to the game's history. Behind the Barrier is available now on the iHeart Podcast Network and all podcast platforms, including Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Stitcher, and Pandora. Check out Behind the Barrier. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/byline and use code byline. That's code byline at prizepicks.com slash byline for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. 
back to Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. All right, welcome back. It's Real Golf Radio. Brian Taylor, Bob Casper, and Brad Pitt. And I hate losing, Chuck. I hate, I hate losing more than I even want to win. There's a difference. Yeah, there's a difference. Uh, and Rory McIlroy, by the way, came out and said that uh, the hardest thing to do in sports is to win a road Ryder Cup. And he said that's exactly what we're going to do in Bethpage in 25 and then just started pounding the table in, in and excitement. So the rest of the team. Yeah. So there's that. But you know what? Look, Jordan Spieth basically said the same thing about the U.S. and what they were doing. Said if they played yeah. the way they did, then the score would be pretty much the same in Rome. And, you know... It wasn't. I have, at this point in time, I am left to believe that I hope to be able to see a road win by my U.S. team sometime in my lifetime. (laughs) And I don't know exactly what it's going to take, but rather than sitting here and talking leading into it, what does this team got to do? I don't know if there is anything they got to do. They just somehow they got to prepare. They somehow they got to play better. But let me ask you this, Bob, because there are some nuances there are some subtle nuances that Europe seems to be more acutely aware of. Right. Where the Americans, I think, kind of gloss over it, somehow thinking that they can make up with it, make up for it with talent. That's the only thing. I, and you talked about it in hour number one. You got to hit the first fairway. You got to get at least one ball on the green, if not two. You have the shorter putter go first. You have strength on the first and the fourth pairing for strong starts and strong finishes. Yep. You get your flag on the board quickly and often. That's what builds momentum. Yep. And then this question that I just don't know the answer to, but I just want to explore it sometime with a psychologist. Is there a power in demonstrative celebrations? <laughs> because the Europeans, I get it. Their fans on the road are there, but even on the or at home, even on the road, they make those big time celebrations when it feels a little overdone for the moment. Yeah. Yeah. But is there something about like, if you just like Bryson DeChambeau, when he was in his pump, everything as, as big as he could era um, and, and get all fired up, and try to hit bombs every single time. Do you remember what he started doing before he teed off? He would swing five swings as hard as he could. And then hard he, as he could. Yeah. Yep. And then he would step up and he said that got the blood flowing and just got him going. And he stepped up and then was able to just rip it. So, after making a putt is somehow like double finch class, double clenched fish uh, pumping and you know, your veins popping out of your forearms and your, and your forehead and you're screaming scream. Does, is there something about that that releases endorphins that somehow like fuels you on to play better golf on the even, even better golf on the next hole? I don't know. I'm making this stuff up. I'm just, it's what I'm seeing. I'm wondering because they do that a lot. We don't do it as much. But it's no, hard to we do don't do when, it as much. It's hard to do yeah. when you're making bogeys. No, but I, I like, or double bogeys. Oh. Um, I, I like what you're saying because that, I, it gets you excited personally, but it in, excites the crowd, okay? And conversely, if you're doing that as an away team on their soil, it hushes the crowd, mm-hmm. okay? And, you know, Let's not forget Patrick Reed doing the shush, you know, all that kind of stuff, um, which which excited the crowd, but it also excited the team. Mm-hmm. So there are things, there are small, subtle things that can be done. And we talked, we've talked about it, hitting fairways and all that kind of stuff. But 
when guys get when guys get pumped and they get excited and they're fist pumping or they chip in or they make putts and 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 pump their fists and stuff like that yeah it's it's momentum and you see it happen in sport all the time and that momentum is critical especially if you're away some of those other things i mentioned bob hitting that first fairway uh, they're professional golfers. I look at a lot of the, you know, at my course, there's certain places where if I'm in a casual round or I'm in the groove, I can step up and just hammer driver in a spot that would potentially give me a huge advantage, but it could also sink me or, or cause a big number, for instance. But when there's no pressure on, sometimes I just go ahead and do it, you know, yeah. because there's not any consequences. Boy, Ryder Cup is the ultimate consequences, and it, it is, is the ultimate pressure cooker. So given that situation, if I came to those holes on my course, I and like in the club championship, I'm not hitting driver. 14's a par 5. Bob, with out-of-bounds right and some uh, trees left that can, you can get in real trouble with. So I don't hit driver. I just hit something that I know I'm going to find the fairway. I just play it as a three-shot hole. So back to that first fairway. Did they not have a discussion in their team meeting and say, but guys, it's, it's vital. We, we really yeah. have very little chance of hitting this green if we don't hit the first fairway. What's your fairway club when they practice? Or was it just like, hey, I'm, I'm, a, I'm the best player in the world. I'm going to hit driver here, and I'm probably going to hit the fairway. Or are you just going to be like, nope, miss the fairway. Oh, darn, I missed the fairway. Darn, I missed the fairway. Well, I'm going to keep hitting driver anyway. Like that, That's the kind of stuff where I'm just like, not sure. Just not sure if that's the right, the right thing. And, and it's a subtle thing. It's a simple thing. But I wonder yeah. how much impact that had if they would have hit fairways off the first hole and matched – them on the green and didn't let them put a flag up on the very first hole. That's exactly right. That's that fast start that I talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most of these guys on on the PGA Tour, a lot of the guys on this team are all left to right ball hitters. Okay? So if, if they're going to hit driver off the tee, it's going left to right and working away from that left corner, which is more at that bunker and at the right rough. Okay? And it gets narrower down there where the shape on that hole is a right to left shape. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what does Tiger do when he gets to the 13th hole at Augusta national? It's not a left to right driver hole. It's a right to left three wood hole because it's easier to turn that ball right to left with a three. Okay. Yeah. It's a three wood. Okay. So that's what it should have been off the tee. It should have been a three wood. Because it's only a 435 or 445 yard hole. And it's and downhill. Hit, and it's downhill off the tee and uphill on the second shot. And you're going to get the ball pretty much in the same position that you should have. These guys can hit it 280, 290 off the tee with a three wood. Okay, let me just play devil's advocate here. If you're having hit to hit it, that. It with a three wood. Right, but if you're having to hit that first tee shot as pressure cooked as that is, do you want that little three wood? Uh, Right behind the ball, or do you want your big old driver? <laughs> well, you know what? It's easier to hit the three wood than the driver. Well, it's easier With to that miss that type three of shape wood of too. Hole. Yeah, no, I yep. got it. I got it. Uh, yeah, I just was playing devil's advocate there. So, yeah. Uh, in the press conferences afterwards, Ricky Fowler was asked, "How do you improve in foursome play?" And he said, "Quote: They made more putts than us, and they took advantage of opportunities." Unquote. I mean, call me crazy, but that doesn't answer the question as no. to how you play. Uh, Jordan Spieth talked about it. He said, they executed this week. We played well. They played better. Um, everybody wanted to reiterate the love they had for each other and how proud they were to play together, but nobody took any accountability for, for playing poorly and, right. and losing. Right. 
Um, JT can't quote, can't blame it on camaraderie because this was the closest team I've been a part of unquote. So I go back and the only thing I can take away from that is simply putting the closest team together. Team congeniality doesn't win Ryder cups. I thought that was going to be more of a factor, a positive factor than it ended up being. I thought that maybe even though they were in out of form a little bit and in, in slumps in some respects, that they would bound to bind together, whatever it is, come together and play better golf because of the camaraderie. And obviously that didn't happen. We were talking to caddy by text during that final, the final day on Sunday. Okay. He said, you know what? The team, the guys on the team were not best friends with Faldo and Sevi on day-to-day basis, mm. but they figured out a way to come together to play, and then when the matches were over, it was the same thing again. Not the best of friends. So that's that's got to be part of it. That's got to be part of it. Coming up next, speaking of, we'll chat with America's favorite caddy right here on Real Golf Radio. I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who've helped people that have been injured or wronged. If you've had a revision or removal surgery of a hernia mesh implant after 2008, pay close attention to this message. Hernia mesh manufacturers have recalled some of the mesh material that may have been used in your surgery due to high failure rate. The FDA has even blamed the recalled mesh material for some of the worst of the health issues reported by doctors and patients. If you've had two or more hernia surgeries for the same issue and you're having severe complications, call the legal helpline now. You could receive a free cash award and have your medical expenses covered. And there's no upfront cost to you. They only get paid if you win. So please call now. 800-817-2968. 800-817-2968. 800-817-2968. That's 800-817-2968. If you're moving to another state, you're getting a fresh start in a brand new town. And when you choose a moving company to help get your valuable possessions to that new home of yours, you want somebody that's going to take care of your things like you would. That's why you need to call Colonial Van Lines. They're America's number one moving company for a reason. Because they'll take care of your things like they would their possessions. They'll use caution so nothing gets damaged. And they won't treat you like a number, they'll treat you like a friend. And when you call now on a qualified move across state lines, they'll give you a $250 discount. Move your things the right way. Call Colonial Van Lines now for a free quote. Call now to learn more about this special $250 long-distance move discount. 800-847-0225. 800-847-0225. 800-847-0225. That's 800-847-0225. If you're struggling to keep up with conversations, avoiding restaurants because you can't understand the waiter, if you've got the TV volume way, way up, then you really need these. These tiny but powerful little hearing aids are the Nano CIC Rechargeable, priced at only $297 for a full pair. And no, these are not simply amplifiers. These are ultra-high quality, ultra-reliable hearing aids, priced thousands less than other hearing aids. They fit right in your ear. Nothing shows on the back of your ear. And at only $297 for a full pair. When you order today, Nano will give you a 45-day money-back guarantee. 
Order right now and Nano will give you a free portable charging case and even ship them to you for free. Here's the number. Call now. 800-278-1738-800-278-1738-800-278-1738. That's 800-278-1738. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Talking golf with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. One day you'll get it. Here's Brian and Bob. Welcome back. It's Real Golf Radio. Brian and Bob with you here on the show. Thanks again for joining us. We look back at the 44th Ryder Cup. I know there's golf going on, but we're we're fixated on this. This is all you're going to get. Um, sorry about that. Hopefully you are also as passionate as we are. And if not, maybe some of this will you know, run downhill for you and you'll enjoy it. But uh, to further the conversation and to add his opinion, we welcome in America's favorite caddy. There are bag rats. And then there are caddies. Baby. Pro jocks who are legends in caddy shacks across the PGA Tour. While we can neither confirm nor deny the existence of this legendary looper, here he is, the caddy on Real Golf Radio. Oh, the caddy joins us weekly here on Real Golf Radio, and I'm excited to ask him this next question. Caddy, so my opening question for you is, was Joe LaCava out of line waving that hat? Well, I I would refer you to Fred <laughs> Couples' reply to that question. He he gave he was asked the question on a radio show because Fred no, Fred was there, and Fred knows Joe very well, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, so I've I've actually reviewed the tape several times, and. Let's just say uh, the first thing I did was send Joe. I sent Joe a uh, being being Team US, which I feel I'm always a part of Team US. Having caddied at a Ryder Cup, I, I I sent Joe a text message and I said, I said Joe, I just want you to know, um, I have a lot of Irish blood in my family background, but when in Italy, my money's on a Lacaba. <laughs> and so uh i think um there, there's a this is a three to four show long analysis of this whole situation oh it, boy there's a lot buckle of up. buckle up let's go yeah no i'm not gonna I'm, I'm not gonna go down the road too much further than that i um i don't think there's anything wrong with the celebration it, it you can lose your mind at times uh, emotionally and the guys were all pumped up. There's a great video of the whole thing showing a, a view from zoomed out from start to finish. Um, and every time I watch it, I, I see different things and I start changing my mind on it every time I watch it. Um, so I don't, I don't have a great conclusion on it yet. But you said sometimes guys lose their mind. So you obviously are saying yeah. Joe lost his mind. Uh, well, you, you can look the, when, when when Justin Leonard made the putt and everybody jumped up and celebrated and ran all over the place, how can you not do that? How can you not do that? How can you not embrace that emotion? That's why people love the Ryder Cup because it 
it gets these guys to an, an emotional level you didn't even know they had. That's what's great about the Ryder Cup. It, it just things happen differently, um, be, simply because of the depth of the feeling and emotion in the Ryder Cup. And so, you know how I call the area inside the gallery ropes the zone of temporary insanity. Mm-hmm. This is this is even more so. Okay, I'm not going to let you. Off the, I'm not going to let you off the hook that easy though. It's unusual. Can you not at least go this route? It's unusual that a caddy would be so demonstrative and so much so away from his player and so much in the space of the opponent, the opposing player. Like that, that at least was, I, I, I think he was, I think he went too far, whether he lost his mind or whatever. I think he went too far and I think he would admit that. I think that's why he was wanting to apologize for it. I don't uh, think waving the cap was too far. Not waving the cap, everybody but following him that. around, following Rory around and doing it yeah. in his face yeah. was, was too far. Standing on the sideline or if Joe was just standing there holding the flag, waving his cap off to the side, no problem at all. I have nothing wrong with waving the flag, the, uh, the cap. It was getting in Rory's face and then... <laughs> And then chewing out Shane Lowry, you know, I mean, it was, uh, it was, it was comical. That's for sure. It was comical. So, um, you could say, um, a, a player should really never do anything. Uh, you don't play, you shouldn't really do anything to, to intentionally disrupt another player from the gentleman's golf perspective, right? Golf's supposed to be a gentleman's yeah. game, etc. However, we know that there is a long history of gamesmanship in golf. Um, gosh, I mean, there, there's just the, the list of players you can knock off who, who were doing that are just legion. I mean, it's all over the place. So that's not really how the sport's totally conducted. For the, but for the most part, it is. For the most part, players don't try to get in somebody else's kitchen, but, but they do now and then. So that's not unprecedented. Um, you know, as, as a caddy, you really want to want to, you really wouldn't want to disrupt anything another player's doing. And I mean, clearly there was a disruption there. Now was the disruption because Joe got a little out of line there was the disruption because Rory reacted to what Joey was doing and reacted strongly because of the Ryder Cup emotion, maybe more so than he would have at another time. You well, can, and so you did can Joey. State, yeah. You, yeah, you can state all these things. But, um, I mean, the, the, the bottom line of the whole thing is you don't want to, you know, there shouldn't be, there shouldn't really be a chance um for having a discussion of, you know, should the caddy have done that? There shouldn't be that opportunity to have that discussion. However, I will say, um, not, not knowing what Rory said, not Rory, knowing what Shane and wh- whatever, all these reactions, um, not really knowing the full picture. Um, would it be okay for Joe to say something back to, for a caddy to say something back to another player? Because of, yeah, I mean, there's a limit to, to what you can behave as, as a player or a caddy. So I'd say, uh, I, I, 
I mean, I, I thought I had my mind made up one way, then I watched the whole thing again, and I said, oh, well, maybe not after all. Maybe it's not that way. Maybe it's this way. And so I'm, I'm kind of waffling. You know, I'm from Washington, D.C., and one is. thing we do is we sit on the fence. Yes. And we do things politically, uh, you know, to neither confirm both sides. Allegations and, yeah. But have you so, ever seen anything look, like that before? In another instance, bottom, bottom line is, um, regardless of what you might really think, if I was the captain Zach, right? Regardless of this or that or whatever, um, you're gonna you you got your guys back, right? At least in front of everybody, and as a public matter, it's like you know, parents with their children. You're gonna you're gonna stick up for them, and then you might. If you have a problem with that, you can handle it behind closed doors. That's how I like. That's how I think things should be handled. So, okay. So, having said that, um, you know, know uh, a lot, a lot, a lot has been said about how the Europeans come together, um, the environment of their locker room with Sevi's shirt up, and uh, and. A lot has been made about, uh, I know Rex Hoggard said, Seve's picture was everywhere. Um, and it was almost like they're they're raising him up to kind of spur on the, the crowd and the European players uh, in unity and that kind of thing. Um, your thoughts about what the European side does, what it means to them, um, and the players coming together, and what the what the U S necessarily does and what you've heard about that. So I'm going to add one more comment. I forgot to add about Joe. Um, I can tell you from a source, a very good source on the inside of all that, that absolutely here's, here's the, here's the line I was told. How many points were we down going into Sunday, by the way, was it, was it five, four, five, five. five. Yep. Yeah. Here's the line I was told. When Cantley made that putt and then the hat thing happened, it made us feel like we were only two points down when we walked off that green. That was the line. So that was a definite, it had a positive effect on the U.S. attitude. Maybe that's why Rory was so ticked. Well, he wouldn't have known that at the time. I mean, that's just so, so anyway, it, it, the bottom line is that whole thing whether it was Cantley making the putt with 90% of it, whether, you know, Joe reacting was a big part of it, but it, it, let's put it this way. It wasn't a negative. What Joe did wasn't a negative for the U S morale team, et cetera. Sure. Sure. It, it was a positive. That's what I was told by like that. some seriously inside info. So, and, and it, and, and in everything we heard, it was a positive for the Europeans too. It really, well, it really I mean, got them going. Yeah, it clearly didn't bother Rory. I mean, look at he. You know, he 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 said it was a positive for them, so maybe it was a positive for everybody. Yeah. But anyway, it, it it wasn't a detriment. Let's put it that way for the U.S. team, which is you know pretty. Okay, cool. so tell us so, tell us about the yeah. European side and the U.S. side and how the players come together and Sevi and. Um, you, you even talked about Seve and Faldo and uh, that kind of stuff when, when yeah. we were texting during the matches. Yeah, so a lot of people, 
put a lot of uh, importance or emphasis that the way the Europeans gel and we don't and all this. Well, then why did they lose so bad whistling straight? Right. So I look, I like to look at what things are different when they win that don't exist at the other site when they lose. And the, the theme is simply, um, home, home court advantage. They're really good when they have the home court advantage. We're, we're good when we have the home court advantage and they're really good. So what's different when you have the home court advantage? Well, it's golf set up. Well, guess what? We get to set up the golf course. So it's not golf course set up at all. Um, cause we know how they're going to set up the course pretty much. And we can pick our team to fit that course. They, so yeah, I mean, we can set up to advantage our side when we're home. They can set up to it. So here's two differences though, that are two or three differences that always exist for when we're in Europe that don't exist so much. Well, one does, but so jet lag, right? We always have jet. We had jet lag this time. We always have jet lag. I don't think you can discount that. Um, you've heard the rumors about a little bit of sickness going around. So let's combine jet lag, being a little bit sick on a really hilly golf course, and it's very hot, and you're getting tired. And I think that's probably a bigger factor than anybody's going to say it is. And you're never going to hear the players say that because they're, they're, they're not going to use that as a quote-unquote excuse they're not going to go there that's why you haven't really heard them discuss it and they don't really want to even talk about it but i think i think um if you're a 36 hole guy and you're not feeling good and it's a hilly hot i mean you're running out of energy and you run out of energy more so in a rider cup with all the emotion so that's an interesting factor that i don't think anybody's putting too much stock into that i think was probably a, a decent factor um but I think the crowd is the deal. I really do. I think the crowd really is like, an, uh, it's like the fifth, you know, it's like an extra man out there, right? The 12th man or something. It's, it's 13th man in this case, 12th in football. Um, I think the crowd really is a big factor in how, how riled up they get for the home team. We've had, times when they're really riled up on our side and we've had time over there most of the time crowd really gets going and I heard interviews with several players after the matches talking about why did you get so emotional well you know when you hear the crowd getting on you for five straight hours and you do something you kind of want to react and give it back to them well that just there's two ways to when I hear that that tells me that the crowd had an effect on you right some guys can really take that and feed off the energy. Clearly, Patrick Cantlay has no problem with a hostile crowd. We know that. There's no doubt about that. We neither know that did Patrick past, Reed. Neither did Patrick Reed. He clearly didn't have a problem with that. In fact, you know, VJ, not that he did Ryder Cup, but VJ, Patrick Reed, those guys got energy off that. They found a way to take that. It's like the chip on the shoulder guy. Right, the chip on the shoulder guy probably plays better when there is adversity that he can say, "Oh, I've got 
somebody doesn't like me or somebody's doing this. He has to find, look, Tiger Woods, I, I think Tiger was a little like Michael Jordan. It, it, it almost seemed like, well, Michael Jordan, he, he seemed to try to almost want to find a reason to get, you know, offended by yeah. that. Yeah. And I don't know that Tiger necessarily would seek out a reason, but it, but boy, I mean, you can ask Stephen Ames what it's like to give Tiger a reason to get inspired. That's all you need to know. What happens when you don't want it? You don't poke that there. Um, or Tiger. So I, I think there, yeah, I think there are just some guys who, and I'm thinking, boy, if I'm the, if I'm the, I would think that I would really take that in consideration. If I'm picking a team for the U.S. side on foreign soil, I want Lanny Watkins and Hale Irwin and Tom Watson and. You know, Bulldogs, the kind of personalities that almost embrace that. Sevy would be like that on the Euro side. So, all right, Caddy, great stuff. Hang on just one second. We got to take a short break. We'll come back more with the Caddy. We still got more questions. He'll join us next right here on Real Golf Radio. Everyone expects distance from their driver. We're shifting the paradigm to deliver far more than that. We constructed the first ever 360 carbon chassis. It's 44% lighter than titanium, shifting weight to actively enhance both distance and forgiveness. Now you get 15% tighter downrange dispersion in our longest driver ever. This is the new paradigm in performance. From Callaway, the kings of distance. It looks like a blade. It feels like a blade. But it performs unlike any other. The new Odyssey Tri-Hot 5K is a radical departure from traditional thinking. With multi-material construction, a shallow CG, and MOI over 5,000, we've actually made the blade forgiving. The days of sacrificing performance for looks and feel just ended. The new Tri-Hot 5K, it's a blade unlike any other. From Odyssey, the number one putter on tour. We all love heading to St. George for year-round fun, especially golf. But where to stay is always a challenge, and getting a tee time can be tough. What's been missing is a Scottsdale-style golf resort where you can stay and play and own your own residence. That's why we're building Black Desert Resort at Entrada, offering exceptional amenities from a spa, world-class dining and shopping, water park, and a Tom Weiskopf championship golf course. It's literally an outdoor paradise. Find out about exclusive real estate opportunities available now at blackdesertresort.com. This is not about splitting hairs. It's more precise than that. It's knowing to one one thousandth of an inch that every layer of every Chrome Soft is manufactured precisely, which we confirm with proprietary 3D X-ray. Precision technology is not an industry standard, but it is ours. You can hope your ball performs consistently, or you can know it will with precision technology. Chrome Soft, better for the best, better for everyone. For over two decades, First Tee has created experiences that build character. We believe every kid deserves to feel supported, safe to try something new, and to be prepared for what comes next. We develop their swing, but more importantly, their inner strength. Because we know what's inside doesn't just count, it changes the game. Come join us at First Tee. Visit firsttee.org. Sometimes, less is more. Like creating a revolutionary new raw face to maximize spin in every possible condition. 
But other times, more is more. Like taking the most aggressive groove in golf and adding even more advanced wedge technology, like optimized tungsten weighting. It takes true innovation to deliver pure spin in its rawest form. The new Jaws Raw from Callaway. To Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. All right, welcome back to the show. Brian and Bob with you here on Real Golf Radio, continuing now with America's favorite caddy. So here's the criticism that I wrote down, and maybe I'm missing some other ones, but these seem to be the most prevalent. Five weeks off, so there was rust. Only nine out of the 12 made the scouting trip. Uh, Picked the popular players who were out of form. Came out flat, not united, uh, like Sea Hatgate. Uh, the report that Cantley wants to get paid. I mean, those are kind of the. If, if I was to summarize some of the criticism that the U.S. team is is, does any of that resonate with you, or is it just Monday morning quarterbacking? So, I don't believe that Hatgate had much of an effect on anything, other than you know inspiring that celebration. I don't think that bothered anybody. I don't think the uh, getting paid thing had any effect at all, positive, negative, whatever. Um, give me the other ones you, you brought up real quick. Oh, uh, they, five uh, weeks the, off. The five, yeah, the five weeks off, I think, is a problem. Yeah. I think that's a, long, that's a long time to not play. It's hard to get into it. Um, we know that most of them played a week or two before the Ryder Cup, most yeah. of their team, if not all, if not the entire team. So. I think that's a problem. It, it, yeah, that's definitely a problem. Mm. Jordan um, Spieth came out and said again, it was a problem too. Yeah. 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 I think um, the jet lag thing, I think, is a problem. Um, could you have gotten all the guys to go over there on Friday instead of Monday? Maybe that's not a bad idea. Um, maybe that's not a bad idea. I, but you may never have that chance again. I, well, maybe, maybe now it's the schedule the way it is. Cause normally we'd have the four championship and then we go right over there from Atlanta and half the European team is jet lagged in that case because half the European team is playing in the four championship. Right. But at, in this case, none of the European team guys were jet lagged and all of our guys were. Right. So I, I gotta, I gotta emphasize that, that's a factor. How you, how fresh you are, how, yeah, that's a factor. It can't not. Be. Seems unacceptable though to go into an event of this magnitude and have jet lag be part of it or rust. I just, there's no way anyone's taken five weeks off before the Masters or any of the other majors. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you on that. I think that, I think that um, that's something that shouldn't. Yeah, that that. That's a factor, I, I believe. So if you, yeah, if you, don't, if you don't take a number of weeks off before you play a major championship, then you know you look. I guess if you want to get brutal about it, you're you're not preparing for the Ryder Cup the way you prepare for a major, right? So, yeah, and and conversely, on the other side of that coin, the Europeans feel that they're a lot of the guys feel that their biggest accomplishments 
in the game of golf is winning Ryder Cups over major championships. They do. They do seem to have that attitude. Uh, it, it, that is a different attitude. I think the Ryder Cup's important to everybody, but is it my imagination or doesn't the Ryder Cup fund a lot of the European tour, the DP tour? Yeah. Yeah. For I mean, it, the, yeah, yeah so, the whole tour. Yep. The whole tour. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what, that's what, well, there's a reason to, that it's, it's more important. And so, um, now sometimes trying harder in golf or having something mean more to you is worse for your performance. Some guys that help, some guys that hurt. So you have to, you want the guys who benefit from those kind of emotions playing in that event. Right. I mean, there's just, there's some players who do better with that and some, the guy I caddied for was a different individual in a team event. Mentally, emotionally, he was just perfect in team events. He, you know, because most golfers, you can get down on yourself. You can be up and down and this and that. But when you're in a team event, you don't do that because the other guy's counting on you, right? You don't go there. You, you, you're more likely to you know, you, it's almost like you want to win more for your team than you do for yourself ever. Mm. It really gets like Ryder Cup. Um, so most guys respond to that really well. But yeah, it's uh, look, look here's let's let's go to a bottom line stat, right? Um, our top guy, our best guys, the guys you'd say, oh, that's our best player. That's our best, you know three, four, five guys. Um, they just didn't get the points. They got like one point each or, I mean, they just didn't get a whole lot of points. So you could just say, well, forget all those factors, forget the overanalyzing. Um, you know, that maybe the guys just didn't play that well. And you know, what are the whys for that? And you can go to the five weeks, you can go to lots yeah. of things, but you know, when you win, you don't tend to overanalyze why you won, but you sure do. I mean, look, every time I had caddy for a second place finish, especially by one shot, I mean, I can't tell you how much you're thinking on Sunday night until you fall asleep about the 8 million things you could have done different during the week to get that one shot back. It's just, there's so many things. Oh, what about this? Oh, remember on Thursday on the fourth hole? When, I mean, <laughs> yeah. there's so many it's it's brutal if he only would have made that four footer (laughs) yeah i mean there's just right you could yeah things you could have done Addy, because that's what really matters for you i mean you can't control what you know what happens but you you know what could i have done different that would have maybe that maybe if i'd done this or that that would have made a difference you know yeah so that's what we so caddy that's what we do so caddy let me ask you, going forward, um, Europe's always already saying they want Luke Donald back as captain. Uh, many are saying that Tiger Woods could be the captain for the next two home men away. DL3 said um, that Tiger, it's Tiger's captaincy if he wants it for 2025. What do you think? Uh, well, that's an interesting statement by Davis, I guess. Um, I don't think Davis is bestowing the captaincy, but I think he must know something <laughs> about it um, from the processes. Um, Davis has been what captain twice? Is that right? Or yes, correct. I mean, 
Yeah, he lost at yeah. Medina, and then he won at Whistling Straits. Hazeltine. Yes. Or Hazeltine, sorry. Hazeltine. So Davis, obviously, is very entrenched in the – probably he knows what's going on. So, yeah, why wouldn't Tiger be captain? Right. Who's who? Who would we? Who would we bring in this? The only one I net? could. The only one I could look. The even think unless you brought back another captain like Steve Stricker or somebody like that to captain again, you could promote Fred Couples, who's never actually captained a Ryder Cup. But it's probably Stuart yeah, Sink. Yeah. Stuart Sink's the guy that's sort of in the list of you know assistant captains. That's you know maybe a potential next captain. But you know if you're if you're talking about Stuart Sink, love Stuart. But I mean Tiger Woods. Who's not taking Tiger Woods? Well, yeah, I'm not. I'm, yeah, Stuart Sink's a great guy. I'm not going to put him ahead of Tiger Woods on the who do you want on this list. That's next. right. Yeah, I yeah. yeah. You, you, you'd hope you'd hope that Tiger Woods would be a multiple Ryder Cup captain, um, and not just one. Um, you'd hope that uh, Stuart Sink would be a captain. You'd hope that um, Fred. Cup, uh, yeah, I'd I'd like to see Fred Couples as the Ryder Cup captain. I think. He's, I mean, how much is he loving the team stuff? He's there at all of them. He wants to be there. Um, but, you know, will, would he ever get it? I don't know. Um, he'd probably be fine with it, just going and being the vice captain, knowing Freddie. I mean, he seems pretty happy. He loves doing it. But, yeah. yeah. And then you get a lot of guys. You, David Toms could be a captain. Um, and there, there's lots and lots of guys. Who could be captain for the other? What about in the future? What about Brooks Kepka? Oh yeah, look at his resume. I mean, he's got the resume better than practically anybody outside of Tiger. Um, well, Phil, so. but I think Phil cooked. That's his not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, they both what Phil's got six majors and Brooks has five, and of course Phil's a legendarily more accomplished player because of all his victories over Brooks but yeah anyway anyway I yeah I'd I'd be I guess I'd be surprised um if Tiger's not the captain at that stage and would I don't think it'd be unlikely that Luke would come back they might wait though they might wait a gap and put Luke back in in Europe next time because he knows how to win in Europe Well, Caddy, we got we got to wrap it up. Uh, we appreciate you taking some time. We'll see, right? Time will tell. We'll see who uh, captain uh, or who the PGA of America selects as their next captain. I think Tiger Woods and New York City would be pretty interesting there at Bethpage Black, where he won a major championship. So, uh, yeah, it'd be pretty pretty cool stuff. But thanks for the insights. Thanks for the visit, as always. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, gentlemen. There you go. That's the Caddy. Hope you enjoyed that. If you missed it, check it out at Real Golf, where we'll post it along with your favorite podcast site. Stay tuned. More of the show next. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. 
work. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-390-5160. That's 800-390-5160. If you're taking a calcium supplement, it's probably not doing what you think it is. That's because you still lose bone density with traditional calcium supplements. That's where calcium from algae comes in. Algae Cal Plus doesn't just stop bone loss. It's the only supplement ever shown to increase bone density in clinical studies. That's right. Algae Cal Plus increases bone density, even if you're in your 80s. That's because your bones need more than just calcium and vitamin D to stay strong. There are actually 13 minerals and 3 vitamins needed to build healthy new bone. And Algae Cal Plus contains all of them. And it's proudly made in the U.S. USA. Your calcium doesn't increase bone density. Algae Cal Plus does. Talk to one of our bone health consultants today and see how Algae Cal Plus can start increasing your bone density. Call now. 800-437-8217. 800-437-8217. That's 800-437-8217. Has someone in your family lost a job recently? and now you can't afford your mortgage payment? Or do you have a rental property and your tenants aren't paying you? Quick Cash Offer can come to the rescue and pay you cash for your home immediately. Yes, sell your home and get cash all over the phone without dealing with real estate agents and risking your safety by showing your home to lukewarm buyers. You don't need to lose your home to foreclosure. If you have any equity in your home, we will buy it and give you cash within days, all in a simple over-the-phone and virtual process. Call Quick Cash Offer now before the economy gets worse. Sell a home you can't afford or just don't want to get the cash you need today. 800-788-1495-800-788-1495-800-788-1495. That's 800-788-1495. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Talking golf with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. One day you'll get it. Here's Brian and Bob. Welcome back to the show. Brought to you in part by Black Desert Resort in St. George, Utah. Go to blackdesertresort.com where you can book a tee time and learn more about the real estate opportunities at this all-new Tom Weiskopf Championship Design Golf Course and luxury resort, blackdesertresort.com. Luke Donald said in his press conference afterwards, no one gave us a chance. We proved them wrong. And it just felt like Luke had all the answers. And maybe that's just because he was the winning Ryder Cup captain. But uh, at the end of the day, the U.S. team didn't play well enough, and they got beat, and it's now 0-7-0 in road games since the last time they won. Bob, what, what yeah. what's your analysis? Well, I think that goes along with that. Uh, Luke Donald... His players played better, and if the U.S. expects to win on a road, um, then they got to play better. Simple as that. Play better. It's a good answer. See if they can somehow figure it out. I do think there's something you can do to prepare them so they can yes. play their best, and that's some of those nuances that we talked about. It's not an easy solution, but there is a solution there. Thanks to Dave Glauser. Thanks to- Hi, this is Rick Tittle. Make sure to tune into my show, Titillating Sports, every Monday through Friday. And it'll be three hours from 9 to noon on the West Coast, noon to 3 on the East. Once again, 
Check me out, titillating sports, every weekday on Sports Byline. You're listening to the Sports Byline USA Broadcast Network.